At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello, everyone. My name is Taya, and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. Federica Nardese is the star of this week's episode. She's a studio portrait photographer, so this is the perfect episode for you if you're interested in studio photography. We talk about lighting equipment, what it's like being a self-portrait coach, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey Federica, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello Taya, thanks a lot for having me in Great Big Photography World podcast. I am really so honored to be featured here. And I'm also thrilled to be having this conversation with you today. So thanks a lot for having me. Um, you asked me to introduce myself actually already. Uh, <laughs> it's not so easy to introduce myself because looking from the inside, it's always difficult. But I start with simple things like I'm Italian. <laughs> I was born and raised in Venice, greater area. I've been working and living in Milan for many years now, so I'm a bit away from, from my homeland, and I specialize in portrait photography. Uh, my style, 
as my clients uh, helped me to define it over the years, uh, um, it's something like between soft, dreamy, fascinating, um, sometimes whimsical, and um, at the same time is powerful and strong. So probably for the use of light, I do. I don't know. I'm a professional photographer, so my main source of income comes from everyday clients, um, people who want pictures of them just for the love of it, or also for professional reasons, uh, personal branding and uh, uh, rebranding your website or things like that. Um, my job in this case is to provide them the most amazing portraiture they could have. And this is also my absolute joy to explore with them their energy fields, their superpowers, um, their self-esteem issues as well, because you know, because you know photography, it's about that as well. And um, what I try to do is to provide them a funny and fresh experience to remember and to live while they're at my studio. And at the same time, I keep on working on my fine art projects uh, to keep inspiration alive. You know, we are creative minds, you are as well so much. And I think my perspective on, on that is uh, we need to keep room for our personal projects and experimentations. So um, I love to do fine art portraits during my free time also to have material to submit to contests and awards. I love doing that, to be inspired, to be into this other field of photography. But to me, this is so essential um, because it helps me to be a better photographer for my clients as well. So um, this is more or less my <laughs> introduction. I hope it's it's okay. Oh, and it's a beautiful introduction. Thank you for sharing so many things about yourself. I didn't know some of the things that you shared just now. I love that how you described your style and I love that you work with all kinds of clients and we have a lot of things to talk about in this interview, basically. <laughs> Great. What camera equipment do you use? Uh, I'm an, an icon user. I have a D750 and a D600 as a backup camera. But actually, I'm, I'm interested uh, in, in, uh, in the, my equipment, of course. But for what I do, I think I could use uh, anything else. I mean, I'm not very attached to the, to the brand. Um, even if I like Nikon, I've, I've been using it for so many years now. So I bought Nikon when I I was a, a still an hobbyist photographer. And you know, when you're like an hobbyist, you're like, what camera should I buy? Is Nikon better than Canon? Is Canon better than Nikon? <laughs> you know, you you spend months overthinking about it. And I did so, absolutely. And ended up finding in my researches, I'm very logical uh, buyer. So I, I did my research and everything. And I found this Italian forum online 
um, they were specialized in Nikon material and equipment. So I started studying with them uh, and um, I decided to go for Nikon. But actually, I have many photographers' friends that use Canon. And I honestly think that the uh, D5 Mark III and Mark IV are amazing portrait cameras. I mean, if I was given the opportunity to go back in time, I'd probably buy Canon now with my experience right now, because I, I think that, I don't know, there's something in, in the file of those cameras that really helps the feeling of the, of the portrait, the overall feeling. I, I can't explain it better than this, but um, right now I'm an icon user and it's okay. If I was to change, I think I, no, I'm, I'm sure I will go for Sony, mirrorless Sony or whatever. So you can see I'm not very attached on, the, on this. I can do photography also with um, an Instax camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just uh, a tool for doing something else. Yeah, that's a good mindset because then if, you know, God forbid anything does happen to your camera one day, then you'll be able to switch to something else without being too heartbroken about it, you know, and you'll be able to adapt and try different lenses and cameras and develop your style further. Yes, absolutely. And for the lenses, of course, I'm, I'm not using only Nikon lenses. I have a Tamron a 2870 uh, 2.8 which is a wonderful lens for that and then I have a Sigma uh, 85 1.4 so I, I buy what I think it's uh, what can serve me best for what I need to do and I am a, mainly a studio portrait photographer so I don't need a very quick camera. If I've been doing, I don't know, Formula One <laughs> in the circuits, I absolutely, I will need different equipment. But for what I do, I think that I have the, the material that serves me best. and It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said you're a studio photographer. That is very interesting. Something that I have absolutely no experience with i am curious to know what kind of studio equipment you have would that do you have a lot would it be too long <laughs> to, to list everything um actually and not so long because i mean in the studio you always have a lot a lot of it's like something like the um, you, you try to buy to overbuy stuff because I I think uh, this one I need this thing I need this tripod I need and then you end up using always the same the same things for a basic studio even for people that maybe want to try a little studio at home I think you just need one or two lights and. Uh, good sturdy um, stands for those lights especially if you buy something uh, more expensive and quality equipment like I don't know Profoto or Godox you need to have very sturdy uh, stands for that uh, so 
Well, a lot of lights, but I mainly use two or three lights, depends on the setting. I usually use just one light because with one strobe, you can do whatever you want, basically, if you know how to use it. And um, then I have something very important for studio portraiture are uh, V-flats or um, polystyrene boards, you know, the white boards that helps you to reflect light or take away light if you buy them black or if you paint them black. So, um, and then I have a lot of apple boxes, uh, chairs, uh, uh, a posing table, uh, but maybe sometimes I use everything and other times I just use a stool and one light and it's perfectly like that. So, um, I don't know if I answer to your question properly, but actually, um, there is not a standard that I, that I use. I have a lot of material, but from time to time I use gels, color, colors, color gels, and uh, free for lights. And sometimes it's just very simple setup with one light, one modifier, and, um, and a stool. Modifiers also. Now that I say that, it are very important. Um, I suggest people to start by, they can buy um, four feet, three feet octaboxes. Uh, just one, it's okay for portraiture and a polystyrene board to reflect the light. And they are all set. Mm-hmm. Well, you answered my question perfectly. So thank you for that. It's nice to know what a studio photographer uses. And it's good to know that you're flexible as a photographer. So you just work with what you have in the moment. And I think that's what makes your portfolio so diverse and so interesting. Thank you. (laughs) You specialize in portrait and fine art photography. And you're also a self-portrait photography coach. What inspired you to start helping people improve their self-portrait photography skills? Mm. <laughs> this is a very tough question. Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> as much as as much time as we have. <laughs> uh, actually, um, actually, the answer it's pretty simple and plain. Um, I love transformation, and I love evolution, and I love becoming better or different or whatever you want or need to become. And during my working life, uh, I realized I am very good in helping people doing that. I mean, especially exploring their inner life as well as their external experience. I've been a professional photographer for, uh, it's like five, six years Mm-hmm. But I've always been an intuitive photographer for all my life, wanted to become a professional. <laughs> but this professional thing came very late in my life. I'm 42 at the moment. And um, at about around 30, 35, I wasn't happy with my a multinational corporate life anymore and I said okay I need to change this I want to 
to do what I what I want to do. And so I started this photography, professional photography life, and I don't regret it. Absolutely. I won't, I will never go back. But before, prior to that, I was working in uh, customer service and um, HR uh, field, uh, orienting people in um, finding their job, uh, career uh, paths and everything, orienting or reorienting. So I start uh, from this um other field of experience. I'm an educator, I'm a counselor by degree, uh, by master degree. Um, so I think I I took all these previous experience into photography as well. And there's probably in the way I photograph people that reflect the fact that I am a people photographer, but I am also a certified counselor. So I am this type of photographer because I am a counselor and educator. I don't know if it's clear, but to me, everything is correlated. I couldn't be the same photographer without the previous experience I have in my working and personal life. Um, So going back to your question about self-portraiture, I love transformation for the reasons I just explained. And um, I started exploring self-portraiture around 2010. And so 10 years ago, more or less. And in 2012, I also tried um, a self-portrait experience method, which is a trademark uh, by Christina Nunez. Uh, she's an artist, self-portrait artist. She trademarked this uh, self-portrait experience me- method, and I took this intensive six-day masterclass, six days masterclass with her, and that was a very strong and powerful experience. Uh, absolutely, to connect with my inner self and. Uh, uh, starting to explore self-portraiture in a way that's a way that helps me to better understand what my clients are feeling when they are alone in front of a camera. They are with me, watching them through my medium, uh, but they are also alone in this space. Uh, most of the time, um, they uh, they stand in, in front of um, of a plain background, so it's a a very strong experience. Also, the one of being photographed, and I think that um, uh, my way of uh, photographing then it's because I I tried for myself what it means to be photographed. Uh, by another person and what it means to take self-portraiture. There's something that somehow confirmed this uh, my this uh, thesis of mine. A client recently told me that I have this incredible ability to abstract the needs of the person I'm working with, that I am able to identify and summarize what the person I'm talking to really wants beyond what she or he is telling me or what they're telling themselves. So I think that this innate ability uh, that really 
I just took this counseling degrees and everything just to certify the skills that are innate in me. And um, I think that in this scenario of mine, going back to your question about self-portrait coaching, doing self-portrait coaching and portrait coaching, because I coach my clients how to pose, how to connect with themselves, with me in, in the moment. This became so naturally a self-portrait tour and portrait coaching that it became the perfect tool to explore inner spaces, mine and others's. And uh, I think it's as well a powerful storytelling and narrative tool for my coaching clients. Because when you take a self-portrait, which is not a selfie, but something more intense and deep, uh, you know, you're a self-portrait photographer. So I think you can relate to that. Mm -hmm. You feel something inside that goes beyond. So I think that this is the way that inspired me, the reasons that inspired me to to start self-portrait photography and Helping people improve that became as a as a result. That's incredible. I love that you have a background as a counselor and that that affects your photography and that you said that you wouldn't be the same photographer if any of those things were different. And it's just it just proves that not everything that's exclusively related to photography doesn't deserve to appear a part of the photography world because counseling you think isn't directly related to photography, but you use that in photography and you created your own brand around that. And I think that's amazing. So all the skills that you have, they've all come in handy to you as a photographer. Absolutely. And what is something that everyone should know about self-portrait photography? Mm, I think that I think that everyone should know. Uh, I'm speaking from this perspective that I already uh, told you so I think that everyone should know that self-portrait photography it's like as Lewis Carroll would say it's like it's like a looking glass it's like a mirror it's a tool a very powerful and intense tool to explore the unknown through the known through the visible and that it has nothing to do with physical appearance and vanity. I think that self-portrait, it's um, a tool to get deep into your life and emotions. And so he has to be managed with great care and respect as well. And especially if you are working with a coach, uh, try to choose a good one. <laughs> because um, uh, if you work with yourself with self-awareness or maybe understanding even uh, just for intuition that self-portraiture can be something that can help you somehow. This is uh, uh, something that allows you to dig into self-awareness and uh, helps you starting amazing transformational journeys. And I need maybe to, when I say that um, self-portrait photography has nothing to do with physical aspect. 
I'm not saying that it shouldn't be aesthetically well done, well lit, well created. But to me, all those aspects don't have to be confused with vanity metrics, which are something different, completely different, completely opposite to um, to what I mean when I think about self-portraiture. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Self-portraiture is therapeutic and it's creative. And as you just said, it can help you get to know yourself better and it can really help you connect with yourself on a completely different level. So it's definitely not all about vanity at all. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yes, thank you. Because I, I, I always, when I speak with my friends or photographer friends and uh, or even with clients, I'm always pointing this thing out uh, because we're, uh, especially in the last few years, we got so used to selfies, um, which are fun and and good for for social media reasons you know everything it's it uh, serves uh, some kind of of um, of goal somehow but from time to time i see people saying i'm doing self portrait blah 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 and that, no you took in a selfie <laughs> you you you're, you're taking a selfie you're not doing a self portrait or something different um it's probably because I so love this uh, uh, explorational tool that I I'm really always like trying to um, uh, to state the difference and which is is very important to me. Yeah, and it's great that you point this out to everyone you speak with because it is important. I mean, selfies, as you said, are fun; they're awesome. But then, self-portrait photography is completely different. <laughs> Yes. aware of the difference yeah it's important you tend to work with everyday clients and to be honest all of your models look like professionals you're clearly very good at giving instructions to your models and making them feel comfortable and you seem to have a really personal and beautiful connection with each and every one of the people that you work with so I'm curious to know what a typical portrait photo shoot in your studio looks like Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And this is actually something I've been told very often <laughs> that, oh, Ma, are they not uh, models? Your no, <laughs> it's, it's people <laughs> coming to my studio, clients. So um, actually, uh, maybe it's so because a typical portrait photo shoot in my studio starts with a video or phone call weeks or even months prior to the shooting. And I'm usually booked in advance, so I have all the time I need to provide my clients with an absolutely necessary consultation to transition them into the photo shooting mood. Because I know what this is going to be about, but they absolutely have no idea. There's people that rather go to the dentist uh, than to come to a photography session. <laughs> so um, it's very, very important to, uh, that I'm able to transition them into the mood of a photo shooting before they came to the studio. Otherwise, that would be, I think it would be 
oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> so um, there we talk about everything from how they desire to be photographed uh, to mood boards. I love using Pinterest for those. Oh my gosh, so much. And then we talk about their life, their emotional life. And as I said before, probably because I am used to uh, ask questions in my counseling life, it's probably the way I'm doing it with them as well. I go deep into their needs. Because when you, you know, Taya, when you feel the need to be photographed, is always something else than photography the the reason you you need you want to be photographed is something more deep so i try to understand that and sometimes i realize that they're not even aware of this thing before we we start talking about it so um i know that not every professional portrait photographer likes this approach uh, for instance i had so much Fun and laughs uh, when I um, I came through this. I think it was a masterclass uh, ad in uh, in Instagram, and I said I listened to the one and only Annie Leibovitz, and she was saying something like, uh, "I want my subject to feel an ease. In fr- they need to feel to feel an ease in front of the camera. Otherwise, uh, I'm not making the best out of it." And um, it's not the way I work. To me, I work the way around or I actually don't need, the, uh, I don't want the subject to feel comfortable, actually. Uh, I just need my clients, uh, my subject, my clients to be not too confident, not too uncomfortable. Um, I love them to feel they are in a safe place. My studio is a safe, creative place where they are not being judged and they can be as creative as they want, where we leave performance and rationality behind for a moment. I always say that, let, let's say your inner critic to go and have a coffee while we do that. <laughs> they always are laughing, but it's so important. So... Um, I want also the shooting to be fun and lighthearted, so to allow space for emotions and inspiration. I need to feel inspired. They need to feel inspired. And I also think that it's important that they need to feel that something is moving. And it's something magical in a certain way. There's no better way to explain it, actually. And this is the way I work in my studio. And and now there's a a quote from, it comes to my mind right now, this quote from Paul Caponigro, which was one of the great uh, landscape photographers in uh, last century. Uh, And I read this quote once and it said something like, "Mm, it's one thing to make a picture of what a person looks like. And it's another thing to make a portrait of who they are or something like that. And I said, wow, this is uh, the way I like to, I try to do it and I like to do it. Uh, trying to, um, to make a portrait of who they are. 
in that particular time and in that particular uh, moment of their life. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Right. Yeah. I think it's more valuable that way to have a photograph of yourself that when you look at it, you just see yourself as you are in your everyday life, you know, a little bit more glamorous, you know, with makeup on maybe or you know, beautiful clothes, but still you, as opposed to just having a portrait where you know that you felt really uncomfortable and you weren't being yourself. Absolutely. And people, I'm, I'm seeing something, um, uh, something that I feel like a bit weird, but lately, but it's not, um, that I have clients that send me their choice. Uh, when I, when we are done with the, with the photo shooting, I send them the um, test uh, little little pictures of them, and they can choose from um, all the pictures we took, uh, the, the the ones they want to buy. And the uh, test I send them, it's the as shot is is the as, as shot pictures. So um, I'm seeing something like I was like hmm, a bit confused at the beginning, but now. Right now, I am actually very, uh, I'm fine with it. And I'm starting uh, pivoting my uh, post-production um, process after the shooting. And it's people asking me the pictures as, as shot. Mm. They don't want post-production to be applied. Mm. It's very interesting. And I said, okay, it's one person can be, okay. It's free. 
people and say, okay, it's free people. It's not by chance anymore. It's a, a trend. So um, I'm really like blind, very light and uh, respectful. I don't know if it's word apply, but uh, post-production to to the pictures they're choosing and they absolutely thrilled with it, so happy with it. Mm. And it, it, I learned it actually the hard way because I was maybe working one day in post-production <laughs> to make them better, as you know, we're like photographers on making them better. Mm-hmm. And they came back to me saying, mm, no, please, it's too much. And I was like, okay, I was very light on that, too much. So you want to have shot pictures, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the previous stage, it's like as shot. So this is the trend I'm seeing. Probably because, I think it's probably because of my brand, my communication, my advertising. Everything speaks fun, lighthearted, natural. Probably it's something that these kind of clients come to me because it's me attracting them this way. If That's if right. I maybe was doing sell, uh, fine art or more strong um, post-productions, like for instance, I don't know, I am friend with uh, Magdalena Sinitska and uh, she also worked with Polina Duchman for a lot of uh, years and they have this uh, stronger post-production, you know, very beautiful fine art post-production. But if I do that for my clients, they sending it back to me. But it's because I'm not advertising and promoting and uh, building my start narrative on Instagram around that. So um, I would have a Polina Luchman uh, uh, portrait if I could. So I really like that style, but uh, not doing it, not promoting it myself. Probably I attract, I resonate with uh, other needs. So it's perfectly fine as long as they pay so, and they're happy, you know. Exactly. And less editing for you, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. And yeah, I mean, sometimes I've met a few photographers uh, and this includes me as well. When somebody approaches you, they've already seen your work. And if they want to work with you, then that's the style that they want to yes. have their own to see in their own pictures and I think a lot of people sometimes are worried they're like you know they came to me oh I need the images to be perfect no they've already seen your work you just need to do the same thing that you usually do and that's what those people came for that really proves that your story really proves that so thank you for sharing that it's uh, very interesting and also refreshing it's nice that people want to see you know raw and authentic pictures of themselves with texture and you know just for them to embrace themselves as they are. That's very uplifting to know. And the wrinkles as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. A lot of portrait photographers are intimidated by studio photography because it can sometimes seem too technical, but you've said that you're an intuitive photographer. So I'd love to get any advice from you uh, for photographers who want to get better at working in studios. 
Mm, okay, working in the studio with uh, studio equipment, strobes and everything, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I know that uh, this is an issue that, I mean, that photographers are often intimidated by that. Um, I know that because I am also an educator for photographers. I do workshops and master classes in my studio. Now, unfortunately, you know, uh, everything, it's like a bit uh, on old, but I used to do that a lot before beginning of 2020. Um, I started holding lighting workshops for beginners or for photographers who wanted to get better at lighting because, you know, lighting makes the mood and creates the style. I think it's important and um, I saw this thing during my master classes and workshops where people are too often too concentrated on the lighting equipment uh, than on the subject. And if you're doing a real photo shooting or even sometimes at, during workshops, uh, being too concentrated on lighting and uh, everything around that. Uh, can really make the shooting a flop most of the time. And especially when you're alone with your model in the studio, if you're too concentrated on technical aspects, uh, this can be something that goes against the connection you you, you need to have with with your client. Because I think that what makes a good portrait, it's the the way that people is looking at you as a photographer because they're looking at you the way they're looking at any viewer after that. And if they're looking at you in a certain way, this makes a good or a not so good picture of them, the connection. So I think that the advice to overcome this intimidation problem about lighting is to start simple. And um, for instance, when I now, you know, I'm very experienced in in strobe lighting. So it's like more, um, I know how the distance to the light from my subject and everything like I move like uh, I'm doing it every every day. So, but the first time I learned uh, um, studio strobes, huh? I just started it, and also because I preferred being in the studio rather than relying on natural light or shooting outdoors because I'm too lazy for that and then my comfort zone. So I absolutely, <laughs> my shooting space already set. And I started by one light, one modifier, and I started looking at the light. Now we have with digital this incredible um, opportunity to see directly on back of the camera how the lights eat the subject. So just start looking at that. It's very easy to use lighting equipment because if you have a little bit of education and culture around uh, photography, you can say and you should be able to evaluate 
right away when a picture is overexposed or underexposed. So I look at shade, at shadows in, in my picture, and I say, okay, it's overexposed or it's a little bit too exposed. I take light away. If it's too little, I add light. And it's simple as that, <laughs> even if I know that there are many ways to do that. You can take light away by closing your aperture or you can take light away by moving the modifier away away uh, from your subject. There's a lot of ways to do that. Of course, any of that uh, goes into the lighting dynamics of, of the picture. So it's as simple and as difficult as that at the same time. But my honest uh, um, advice is to buy an affordable strobe light. It doesn't need to be fancy at the beginning. Buying a good modifier can be an Octabox uh, or something like that. And start experimenting with it. When you master one light, you can do so many things beautifully. And then when you feel you understood how the light works, you can start adding more. And adding more lights can also add dynamics to the picture and everything uh, may be more and more interesting. But there's, uh, in my experience, there's also another way I need absolutely to suggest that for lighting, I also suggest to find good education for lighting techniques. Uh, right now, you can find literally everything on YouTube for free. And it always like leaves me like, oh, I don't understand uh, how little time we invest in education nonetheless. Mm. So um, I really suggest to find starting with simple YouTube tutorials uh, and copy what they're doing, trying it your way, uh, start implementing your ways to do the same thing. And then when you want to go further on it, because then, you, you know, you, you, when you start mastering your lights, you want to, to learn more and more. There are amazing instructors over there. I can suggest Philip Kuntz and Lindsay Adler. I had the pleasure to meet them both in person, and they are extraordinary human beings as well as incredible professionals. So they have this amazing education online and also absolutely affordable. So my suggestion is to start simple, trying your way, trying to understand how light hits your subject, and then verify this uh, thing with people that are very good doing it and that do that for for a living uh, Lindsay it's amazing the work the work she's doing with lights so I absolutely suggest that start simple and then study to add skills and experience to your baggage 
Yeah, thank you for those suggestions. Lindsay's work is definitely amazing, and Felix takes some pretty cool pictures as well. And it's just amazing how much they know about light. It's just mind blowing to me. They yes. control it beautifully, and I like what you said about the fact that we don't invest as much time as we should in education because you're right. There are so many resources online, many of which are free, and even investing a little bit of time in your photography education can help you significantly. So yeah, it's a very important thing for people to keep in mind, regardless of their experience. Absolutely. You've mentioned that you like participating in competitions and awards can have a significant impact on a photographer's career, as you already know. I mean, it can really help your reputation and can help people get a better idea of who you are as a photographer. So what should the listeners do if they want to win awards and improve their reputation in general? Mm. Oh, yes. I love challenging myself with contests and awards. And um, I've been having good results since 2015. Um, this is a very good question. And there's not a simple, actually, uh, answer to that as well. I'll try my best. Uh, starting from a little anecdote, uh, a very funny one. <laughs> I always said when when I talk about this, um, the first time I participated to a contest, it was for fun. It was an Italian uh, national award. And uh, I participated to that after a friend of mine, another very good photographer, glamour photographer in Milan, uh, asked me for a month to participate to this uh, competition. He was trying it as well. And he um, was like, every day, oh, come on, let's do it. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, no, I don't have the time to read the call. Um, I also probably thought I didn't have any good material to present or it was something like about, you know, exposing your work that way to a jury that maybe refrained me a little bit from doing it. So I waited and waited, and I wasn't intending to attend this, this competition. But at the last, at last, the last day, the last hour of the call, it was like messaging me and it convinced me. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. Leave then leave me alone. <laughs> and actually. I've been always grateful to Gabriele because I won that. And he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just pushed you for a month and then you won. So it's a funny anecdote, but it also uh, tells something about why you should try or what, what you should do to win awards. First thing it's trying it because you never know. And... That day, uh, my award career, as to say, started and was just to have fun. So I kept on doing it this way. Fun and continuous learning. You already know. You already understood that I am a, I'm a supporter for continuous learning. Mm -hmm. um, yes, accreditation are also good ways. You mentioned in your question, if I am not wrong, that there are Good way to improve reputation in general. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
to me, yeah, they also are uh, basically a wonderful way to improve um, and to try new techniques uh, or to push uh, uh, my creativity and ideas further than I would if only making client commissions. For the also for the reason I just told you, now they they don't want absolutely post production. So in certain con- contents, the competition that that's important. So I use them also to uh, to stay updated on the last trends. And uh, the main thing is to have fun, as already said. Uh, then to choose the pictures they want to submit with their gut more than with their brain. And um, said so, there is also a good amount of research and self-education that goes into words to reduce the risk not to get anything. Because from if you try awards for a long time and you, you're never getting any awards or mention on, or anything, it starts being a bit frustrating. So... To be sure, especially if you want to to, to use uh, contests to develop your reputation quickly, um, I can probably have three uh, tips I experimented empirically. It's my they come from my experience. Um, the first one is to take your time to do your researches, your research, uh, because awards. Uh, they're not all the same and every contest has a different uh, uh, editorial line, so to say. For instance, uh, I know that my style is more fine arty than what, for instance, Lens Culture Awards like. I realized that by trying my shots at Lens Culture for at least three or four years in a row and not getting any results. Um and I learned that a lot from that because I was saying, how is it possible that other pictures that are getting um, recognition in other words um, never have uh, any kind of little recognition from this award? So I understand, I learned a lot from it uh, and I realized that this kind of uh, award, it's not good for my type of photography because they prefer a more natural looking editorial reportage kind of style uh, that is not in my courts so if you're especially if your main goal is to get some pages quickly uh, choose your awards wisely and make sure your style and theirs are aligned Mm -hmm. this is the first Thing, um, I think it's important. So it takes time to research the kind of awards and everything. So um, uh, number two tip uh, can be um, that after selecting those contests you want to, to apply for, I suggest to start searching the previous editions, if any, uh, to study what the jury, the, the jury uh, awarded or gave uh, honorable mentions and such. So looking at what won the previous years, you can try to apply a sort of reverse engineering to the winning pictures to understand what made them so special to the jury. Because it's uh, jury can vary 
may vary every year. Uh, but the editorial line of the award doesn't. And the one organizing the award are choosing their judges also because they are in line with their editorial line. So uh, to me, this is very important and gave me um, room to improve. And number three tip I can share is to try, this is very difficult actually, but trying to develop self-critic skills or paying a mentor or a coach for a portfolio review. Portfolio review with the goal of saying, I need to participate and win something to this or this and this. How can I do better? Are they good enough already or whatever? And these uh, portfolio reviews are invaluable moments for any photographer in any case. So I suggest them anyhow. And I know that self-critiquing your work is always something difficult to do because we tend to be emotionally attached to our pictures. But for having results in contests, I think this skill is really important um, because it can, it, this process can help can help you understand uh, the things you uh, can improve or you're already doing very well. In doing so, you can make a list, maybe of characteristics such as pose, connection, lighting, creativity, post-production. In a 1 to 10 scale, you can rate as you are a judge, saying, okay, the pose, okay, it's a 4 I can do better. If I want an award, I, can, I need to have a 9 or a 10. So you work on that. A connection is already good. So I just work on pose or on lighting. So doing something like that and try to understand how all those elements connect together to give a strong emotion to the viewer. So um, since a critique is always like a bit of not so easy task to do. I also um, suggest to always keep in mind to respect yourself and your work doing so because it's the best you can do right now. And there, there's always room to improvement and awards are a great way to start knowing what you love as an artist and to understand who you are and which are the stories you want to tell and so on. Thank you for sharing those tips. I especially like the second tip about looking through past winners' works and trying to figure out what that specific organization's style is. I think that's super smart because if you just submit photos to any competition that comes your way, then you will just wonder why you're not winning some of them. And that's because, as you said, their style might not really align with yours. So research definitely takes time, but I think ultimately in the long run, it's worth it. Absolutely. Yes, I can prove. <laughs> I'm a, a proof that this process uh, works uh, and um, always, there's always room to improvement, as I said, but it's kind of working for me following this, uh, these three steps uh, I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all very valuable advice and self-critique is definitely difficult. So to anyone listening, as Federica said, if you find it super tough to do, then definitely consider working with a mentor because that will 
give you a better awareness of where you need to improve and what your strengths are and knowing both your strengths and weaknesses is super important. So yeah. (laughs) My last question for you is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Okay. Uh, My main goal, my main one thing uh, is to work in this amazing profession as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to serve my clients the best way I can. And, uh, by keeping improving and implementing new ideas and creative solutions to the needs and also keep um, my creativity alive as well, uh, being able to to have these um, days off just for myself, appointments with myself to, to experiment, experiment self-portraiture or experiment... Uh, for um, creative solutions for awards and everything. This is my main, absolutely main goal, being here, staying here for as long as possible, possibly for the rest of uh, my life. But, you know, you never know. It's, uh, it's like saying that it's something too, too far away. I say as long as possible. And uh, if I can add a smaller goal, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so to say, uh, a fancier one, <laughs> actually, uh, something I would be very proud of uh, would be becoming an ambassador for one of the brands I use and I love. Mm-hmm. I know that the way for that is just doing the work, actually, and be visible with their material uh, in a special way for them. Um, so you're maybe filming yourself while already using their equipments or uh, reviewing their stuff or whatever. Uh, so I'm setting up for trying this step as well. It takes time, you know, because uh, in between of all those things, I, I do uh, some other goals maybe uh, are not so easy to, to achieve, but it's something that I have in mind. And uh, it surely takes time and strategy, but nothing is impossible. You know, if, if I think that if you can envision it, you can do it, isn't it? So like that. Mm-hmm. Well, those are both great goals. I like what you said. And I mean, it's totally fine to have fancy goals, like being an ambassador for a Canon brand or, you know, a camera brand, I mean, I think it's a wonderful goal. And I am sure that it will happen for you because you are very passionate and the way you work is very interesting. So. Yes, I wish you all of the best with your endeavors. And thank you so much for sharing your story with me and the listeners. I had a lot of fun finding out about your process as a studio photographer. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I hope I I gave something to the listeners. I, something I, I love to share experience. Uh, you know, there's no... A unique way, as we said at the beginning, to do something, and especially photography, being such a an incredible art. Everyone is doing it differently, and I, anytime I talk about photography, I talk about photography like this, more like maybe in a philosophical way, <laughs> but it's the way I think. To me, it's the only way. It really helps other people to approach it uh, and to to live in it the way they need to live not my way not your way 
their way, being authentic to themselves. Right. Yeah. Authenticity is very important in any area of life, but especially in photography. Just, uh, you know, take as much advice as you can from other people and then use that in your own unique way. Yes. Well, thank you for your time, Federica. Thank you so much, Daya. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I really liked everything that Federica shared in this episode, but what stood out to me the most was her love for competitions. Personally, I'm more inspired than ever to start joining more photography competitions and learning from other photographers. I hope that this episode inspires you to try new things and to never be afraid of leaving your comfort zone. See you next week! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.